This is episode number 491 with David Vibora. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. got a special one on today. His name is David Abora, and he is a five-year veteran of the NFL. He was Mr. Irrelevant, which means the last pick in the 2008 NFL draft. And in 2014, he opened the Adaptive Training Foundation to restore hope through movement to those with physical impairment by creating opportunities for adaptive athletes to train and compete. As a professional speaker, David now speaks to audiences across the country about seeing beyond the daily grind and tapping into deeper potential. His passion is to help others find theirs and in doing so discover the fuel to become stronger, truer, and braver versions of themselves. I really enjoyed this episode because we share similar paths. You know, we both we both played football for a while. He was in the NFL, I was not in the NFL, but we shared a path of losing a dream and then reinventing ourselves afterwards. And here are some things that David talked about. Why there's a void for veterans in physical fitness. How to balance the for-profit and non-profit movements together. The difference between checkpoints and turning points in our lives and what to do when we notice them. Why David doesn't trust an unbroken person, which I thought was interesting. And why good grades are not an indication of how great someone working with you will be. And as always, make sure to share this with your friends. The link with all the show notes and information and full video is at lewishouse.com slash 491. And make sure to tag me on social media at lewishouse, Twitter, Facebook, at Instagram as well, as I'd love to see how you're enjoying this specific episode. So without further ado, let me introduce to you the one, the only, David Vibora. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and can't get a hold of anyone if you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Nothing beats attending a live event. SeatGeek's site is easy to navigate, so you're able to select the best seats to see your favorite artists with confidence. With over 28 million downloads, SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app on the Apple App Store. There are more than 70,000 events on SeatGeek, including concerts, sports, festivals, and more. Plus, your tickets are backed by a buyer guarantee. Download the SeatGeek app and use code GREATNESS20 to get $20 off your first purchase. Offer applies to new customers only. Purchase must be over $50. The promo code is single use and valid through September 30th, 2024. Get tickets on SeatGeek now. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, 
multiple systems, delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. That's obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite and you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform slashing manual tasks and errors over 37,000 companies have already made the move so do the math see how you'll profit with NetSuite back by popular demand NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks head to netsuite.com greatness that's netsuite.com greatness n-e-t-s-u-i-t-e dot com slash g-r-e-a-t-n E-S-S. All right, welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness podcast. We've got David Vabora in the house. Good to see you, man. Great to be here, man. Very excited Truly. about this. Uh, we have some things in common. We do. Number one, we both played football. Yep. You played in the NFL for five years, correct? I did. I never made it to the league, but you were Mr. Irrelevant. Isn't that right? Yeah. 2008, last pick drafted in the NFL. 2008. What do you get? A Rolex or something? Don't they give you something? You get, it looks kind of like the Heisman Trophy, but the guy's fumbling the football. It's called the Lozman. <laughs> no the way. Lozman. Really? No, you truly do. Like, I had no idea that Irrelevant Week existed, uh, but it's basically treating the, the first pick like like, or excuse me, the last pick, like they're the first. Uh-huh. And then they're sparking this whole weekend in, or week in parades in Disneyland and stuff in Newport Beach and gifts. And so you got all that. Yeah, I got all that. So if you're going to be a late pick, you might as well be the last pick yeah. because your signing bonus isn't that different from the person in front of you. That's funny, man. Yeah. So you got treated like a king. Yeah. And frankly, like I accomplished a dream of being drafted. Yeah, in the NFL. that's huge. Call me Mr. Anything You Want, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, to have something in a platform, especially with the media around that, I learned like, man, this is part of the story. Like when I went and talked to kids at schools, I could say, how many of you guys have ever been the last pick on the playground? Ah, Hands shoot up. I've been that. No, amen. Well, we all have. <laughs> yeah. But like that's the part that we're embarrassed to tell, right? We just focus on the strength. And so for me, it's like, man, this is, you can celebrate this. Yeah. And I already had a chip on my shoulder. Of course. Right? I mean, I was always one that needed to prove myself, felt like the underdog. So this was just a really good excuse to, to let it be known. Mm, that's cool, man. Yeah. And um, okay, so we both played football. Also, yeah. uh, we were both on Ellen in the same week. Yeah. Was I was in funny. the green room watching you on Ellen. Like, wait, what? Wow. Were, oh, they were showing the, the day before? Oh, they yeah. were showing that day. Right. They were showing that day because we were recording. Yeah, That's so funny, Which man. was outstanding to watch, man. Congrats. Thank you. Twice on Ellen. Yeah, it's lightning, good. Lightning strikes twice. Hopefully more than that. No, yeah, it will. Yeah. It will. No question. Uh, but you've also been on a lot of other big news outlets uh, recently. Your story's been coming out there more and more recently because you started a gym for injured veterans. Is that right? Yeah. You know, I got out of the league in 2012, uh-huh. traumatic shoulder injury, you know, again, loss yeah. of identity. You played five years, right? Yeah. And the last was really uh, on injured reserve because I mean, the shoulder. Got it. got it. And as I was. You were a linebacker? Tr- linebacker. Yeah. Trying to be tough, you know, trying to not ask for help. I started to just cope mm-hmm. with pain medication. Yeah. And it just downward spiral. You know, eventually it led me to a seven day detox. I lost 34 pounds, wow. two seizures. You know, didn't know up from down. I, I literally, at one point, the, the nurses restrained me because of a fear of that I was going to try to hurt myself. Mm. I mean, I, weeks prior, I was playing for the Seattle Seahawks. So think about that contrast. I mean, yeah, that was it's a crazy. Big man. drop. So as I as I as I came out of that process and I rehabilitated my mind, and my body, I took a year off, and I realized, man, I something in me switched. 
You know, you can't be like one foot in, one foot out in the league. No. You're playing against monsters. You're all in or you're done. That's it. Or you literally will be death because yes. they will kill you in there. Uh, and so I decided to walk away knowing that I probably had snaps left uh, physically, which was weird. Mm-hmm. But I started this gym, kind of found my, myself because the sanctuary, right? You and I probably just love the gym because Absolutely. we could take out a lot of that aggression. Mm-hmm. We could learn from the pain inside there you know, and, and, and drive it toward our, our purpose or what our calling yeah. was, right? Yeah. And so I started a gym, was training elite athletes mostly, college guys, pro guys, and then in walks a quadruple amputee. Guy that was blown up, lost all four limbs. Wow. And it was like the hot chick at the bar. I was just like walked right up to him. <laughs> I have to talk to you, you know, wow. challenge him to work out. You know, this is the story that's been told by, by Starbucks and some of the big news channels just about him taking a chance, mm. uh, advancing into his fear, his fear of falling specifically. And then all of a sudden he was just using, you know, hundred pound sled pulls and calling out my NFL guys like, Oh, your pinky toes sore, huh, bro? <laughs> it was amazing. I mean, it was right. just iron sharpening iron. And I realized, wow. Okay. Wait a second. There's a void post rehab. Mm-hmm. And it's not just veterans, right? Like, you know, veterans, they can come home geographically, but they can still not be home. Right. Mm-hmm. And so part of arriving home is redefining the new identity, yeah. the new self, yeah. knowing that, Hey, uh, even though I, I was, can't go uh, back in well, you're elite, right? You're like when, yeah. when football was everything for you, yeah. you're working to become elite at your craft and suddenly it's torn from you. You're like, well, wait a second. Like I, I, I know how to run a post, but that doesn't help me in the business <laughs> in world. You yeah. Know? <laughs> like, yeah, you can coach, you can scout. But mm-hmm. for me, it was, it was not the same. Yeah. It wasn't the same. And I saw this beautiful thing happen when everyone lost their excuses. Cause you know, someone that was visually, you know, viscerally charged when you saw someone attack something that they maybe didn't think they could do. Like that's sort of the raw message that's always been on my heart. Right. So now it's about taking, you know, people that want to support, step into the story so we can keep cost-free training for veterans and civilians uh, with physical disabilities. Cost-free. Cost-free. So the gym you started was an elite training gym. Yep. And how long was it, did you have it until he walked in? It's just about a year, year and a half. Yeah. But I was making good money. You know, I was in the best shape of my life because yeah. I was training with all my clients and yeah. things were going great. And then there was this sort of thing that, guided prompt me in my gut, call it a spiritual speed dial, call it an, an intuition. Uh, but that instinct I listened and I, I was bold enough to walk up to him and be curious. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, they get too worried about saying the right thing to right. someone that, or the wrong thing or the wrong thing, yeah. you know? And that's the problem is that they, they let that paralysis yeah. set in because of yeah. fear. Now, did you keep that gym or did you start a new gym? So the gyms coincide. Oh, it's you know, inside. again, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this, this, title of social entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. Because I think there is a beauty. I mean, Starbucks getting behind us and Howard Schultz has uh-huh. become a great business That's mentor cool. of mine, which is profound. Yeah. And no one knows scalability better than <laughs> Howard Schultz, exactly. right? Um, and what he is, has kind of fostered and come alongside with me is just this understanding of how you balance the for-profit and non-profit mm-hmm. cohesion, right? Impact and income. And um, you know, having them share space is a unique model. Uh, that can help to uh, create fiscal responsibility for sure. Mm. Uh, again, the, the pro athletes, my pro athletes, they want to be alongside these warriors, right? right. Because all of a sudden they're like, getting their best workouts, they're yeah. developing these friendships and the, the warriors are amazed because like Andy Dalton just asked me to use those dumbbells when I was done, you know? Yeah. And that stokes them up. And so then they're just wanting to push a little harder. Mm. So, you know, this nine week program we run is really unique. We put them through nine weeks of training, restore, recalibrate, redeploy. And it's sort of boot camp, but we're mindful of pain. It's not just punishing them and yeah, putting yeah. them into like physical misery, yeah. but it's waking up the things so that they realize that, man, like the things that they let define them for a little while, they no longer have to let that happen. They can actually defy them by using pain for purpose. And my background is psychology, right? Like communications and psychology is everything to me. All the human performance stuff is just, you know, what 
help me to master my craft. Yeah. So specific to me, it was, man, how do I create sweat psychology? Cause you've learned about yourself in the gym. We learn about ourselves by not going to the gym, mm-hmm. you know? And so that yeah. was the conduit for me. Right. Now this is a, you know, adaptive training foundation is a 501 C three. And we have a train the trainer model to create recurring uh, revenue out of a certification to train trainers nationally. When wow. I went to DC, met with Obama, the policy level was the same way that there's a mandated uh, handicapped parking spot out of a large corporate gym. We want to create a threshold of about 200 members, two to 300 members. That over that, there has to be a mandate for an ADA certified trainer inside the gym. Mm. Right? Think about That's progress cool. for this country, wow. for all people, because there's over 10 million Americans with a physical disability. Wow. Anyway, you get, I'm not passionate about this at all. <laughs> Obviously, as you can 10 tell million me. with a physical disability from uh, war or battle or just in general? In general. Got in it. general. Right. And there's about 60,000 post 9 11 uh, combat injured veterans. Wow. Uh, but again, there's, you know, as we know, veteran suicide, right? 22 a day. Mm. Um, that's a staggering statistic. But we know that, that suicide's not just a, a veteran based issue, it's a human issue. Mm-hmm. Right? And I believe it's one we can break through empowerment. And again, the gym is a way to champion each other and, and, and yeah. move just, you know, sometimes it's all about, Oh, you inspire me, but it's, it's aspiration too. Mm-hmm. And as you begin to develop that and they begin to realize that it's inside of them, I'll look at guys all the time and say, it's in you walk away. And like for a while, they're like, well, that, that sounds cool. But then it's like, <laughs> wait, what is it? Yeah. You know? And I, I, people do that to me uh-huh. They believed in me yeah. and now it's my duty to, to yeah. go and do it yeah. for someone else. I'll tell you what, you know, I, I play with the USA, uh, men's national handball team and i was dude training. i love handball <laughs> yeah. we have a handball at the gym i kid you not a little you? gray one official really yeah nice yeah and uh i was down in uh with the the team in alabama and um they they trained down in auburn alabama at the facilities down there and there was one day i was doing training camp with the team and there was one day where i was just like exhausted you know i was like this sucks mm-hmm. i'm in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. you know i'm running my business here but i go down there to train like every 6 months or something just to stay on the team and i was just like miserable that day i was like this place is what am i doing here like what am yeah. i wasting my time for and i remember feeling all this pain in my legs like this whole day we just been a hard camp and all of a sudden on the other side of the court there is this group of basketball players in wheelchairs mm-hmm. all in wheelchairs mm-hmm. And I look over to them. I'm just like, what am I complaining for? Yeah. Like, yeah. it was so inspiring to watch them play yeah. and have so much fun and, like, be active yeah. and hitting each other. And I was just like, "We are." I, for me, I would love to be in your gym. If I was, like, a pro athlete, I'd love to be training there because it would be constantly reminding me of how grateful I am, how blessed I am to, like, yeah. have a body to feel pain. Sure. Yeah, the perspective is huge. Right? Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, it's just that, it's that new pair of glasses. We're so yeah. quick to just keep the same ones on because mm-hmm. it's, it's habitual. It's comfortable. And it's not to yeah. say that it's, it's bad when you have the aha moment like, oh, gosh, I should feel bad about why I haven't thought about this. Because, again, mm-hmm. like people can become a part of this adaptive demographic in an instant. You don't think about an earthquake or a tree falling or a car crash or someone. It can happen. Spinal cord injury, amputee. So, you know, I think we all benefit Right. From sort of broadening the aperture, the vision for what it is that that I can still be, even if the self that I know today is deterred. Right. Mm -hmm. The expectation of what I'm supposed to, you know, Mm -hmm. I think that's part of what I kind of balk at anyway, is it's like I'm not going to be like everybody else. I want to challenge the status quo, not as a juvenile delinquent, not as just a a middle (laughs) school kid, but I want to challenge that impossible is truly just an opinion. So a lot of these doctor diagnoses, for example, they'll say, you know, we don't want you to lift anything over 20 pounds for the rest of your life. And sometimes now we're mindful of Mm -hmm. not hurting these guys and making sure that we're good, but we'll put that on the wall. Like it's the insurgent. 
you know? And now sure, all of a sudden sure. there's a really, you know, tactical way to achieve what the path is here. And we yeah. tell them like, let us do all the programming. Let's all, let us do all the work. You just, you know, you come in here with the effort and, and we'll take care of the rest. Mm-hmm. So it's a cool place for them because they're used to structure and giving and taking orders. And it's awesome right, to watch right. them that's start cool. to exchange numbers. Oh, and the cool. veteran civilian divide is big too. Again, when I started this, people were like, just make it about veterans. You'll get more funding. And that's true. It is easier to get veteran funding. It's a sexy topic. But right. the civilians, there's far more of them. And, and for the two to get together, the civilian teaches the veteran that they're not far from re- reintegrating. Mm-hmm. Right? This, this civilian society. And that helps. And then the veteran teaches the civilian about grit and teamwork. And so I think that community done well is agnostic, mm-hmm. right, of, mm-hmm. of race, of gender, of the sure. way you were hurt, veteran, civilian, sexual preference. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And that's the piece that I think the gym is a unique cross-section of community in America. CrossFit's done it well, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I, and, and that culture change, that piece of inclusion is huge. Diversity and inclusion works not with a glass ceiling, not because you're required to, mm-hmm. right, but because uh, – it's in them. Mm. You know, one of my guys, the most impaired guy in my gym, quadriplegic, incomplete, very little dexterity of his hands. I call him the mood director because this guy is always smiling. He's always calling people out as if, oh, man, your life must be so bad. You know, like in a, in a good way, you know, <laughs> sure, in a sure. friendly way. Uh, but he's one that, you know, he can feed himself again, right? He can push up his wheelchair ramp by himself. Like those levels of competition are just as important as, in fact, we just took this veteran with 20, one others took 22 of them to Reno Tahoe and we skied for adaptive, uh, adaptive wow. ski for five days. And it's not enough for us to just take them skiing recreationally, right? We want to train them for nine weeks so that they can squeeze everything out of it. So the adrenaline of, of flying down the mountain somehow compares to a little bit of what it was to be in a firefight. Wow. You know, I mean, I can't replicate running down on kickoff. That's why I love surfing. Cause you can't paddle out and say, Hey, time out waves. Right. Yeah. It's, it's that high anxiety of being caught in between. And then the little 12 year old kid passes by like, it's not, like, it's so easy. Yeah. Those are the lessons that I like. And those are the situations I like to put myself in now mm-hmm. because of that lack of control. Yeah. What do you miss the most about playing? I mean, Sundays were glorious. You can't replicate a Sunday in front yeah. of 80,000 people. There's just no way. I uh, got to experience that. <laughs> but but you have though. I mean, yeah, you, you, Friday Night Lights is its purest. Yeah, I'll be yeah. honest. I mean, it's yeah, the yeah. same thing. It's just bottled in a different package with a right. little bit fancier stuff, um, and, <laughs> and a nice paycheck, and a little bit better paycheck. <laughs> yeah, I'll say that too. Um, even for Mister Irrelevant. Yeah, right. But it's it's I I I don't miss how I felt on Monday mornings. Like I like waking up Monday morning today <laughs> and feeling a little better than I normally would. But I think there's there's something about mm. the. The game of football and how you know they call it the maker, the makers of men, right? Mm-hmm. And you grew up in Ohio, birthplace, yeah. yeah. And so it's just in, imprinted onto you, right? Like like just leather leather mm-hmm. little prints on you yes. from the day you're born. Probably had football in your in your hospital, right? When you were born, probably. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, for me, the game of football gave me so much. But even with the traumatic brain injuries and, and the shoulder injuries and the, even the coming out with the pain pill addiction, like I don't blame football. I think that those things could have surfaced in other, in other ways. But in fact, I have a platform now to leverage that piece of my story because you preach from your pain, right? And, and frankly, your pain is, is your power. So what is it then to, you know, I can't tell you how many people have been touched more by my story of overcoming addiction than even what I'm doing with the veterans in the gym. Mm. And that opens up those hard conversations. Yeah. And then they say, well, he's been through it. You know, we can trust. Yeah. So so you started getting on pain meds? Is that what happened? Yeah, it was to start with prescriptions. In right? the league. Mm-hmm. And then continued after you got it. Yeah, it was basically as I got hurt mid-season. It started while we were in season. Your last season. Yes, my last season. And then as it, as it really 
took the next jump was it wasn't just pain pills. It was basically anything I could get my hands really? on, right? Yeah. And it was, you know, I was masking with this and this is it was essentially to not feel. Uh-huh. Um and and I for a long time it scared me to acknowledge what emotion could do because you felt like for so long it was this compartmentalized. Mm-hmm. When I cross this line, I'm going to be the most hostile, violent person on this gridiron. And so you got good at turning the switch on and off. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden it was off season and your habits are creating chaos in your life. Mm-hmm. And they're not just you going and having some fun anymore. It was mm-hmm. you trying to run from the real self, the person mm-hmm. looking back. What were you, at you running from? I think I was looking at myself in the mirror and I was it was habitual for me to run toward applause for me to run toward what I could define as if I did X and Y it equals Z, but the fear of the unknown, the fear of inadequacy, the fear of uncertainty, you know, that imposter syndrome mm-hmm. the, the whisper inside was what I was letting define my need for external validation. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, you've talked with Tony Robbins, mm-hmm. uh, Tony and I have the same book agent down in Dallas, uh, and, I asked Tony a question when I met him at, at Jan Miller's house and he said, I asked him, I said, what is it that, that whispers to you? You know? And he said, it's the same thing, brother. Like we all have that, that inner voice, that, that, that fear of inadequacy. Mm-hmm. And, and you have to decide the ways that you either let it hang out or the ways that you dismiss it. Right. Cause like surrender is an interesting word. It feels kind of weak as a man. Does it not? Mm-hmm. So I've always wrestled with the, like you raise the white flag to win thing, but I think acknowledgement and then dismissal, is, 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 is different. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the piece that inside of me, I was, I was, I wasn't ready to, to look back at David without anyone that looked at David as the football player. It's tough, man. Mm-hmm. How long did it take until you're able to transition and be like, okay, that's in the past. I'm yeah. not going to hold on to that as like who I am anymore. Obviously it's still part of your story, but yeah. And it helps you with your career and everything you're doing now, but yeah. Yeah, I, I rarely introduce myself as David, the football player. Yeah. And that's like number five down the list. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and rightfully so. Because the most meaningful, purposeful stuff that I'm doing right now is, is always going to uh, mm. f- far surpass what I did on the football field. Yeah. Um, I feel like for me, this is a daily thing. Like, I wish I could tell the listeners right now that there's some destination. Like, I think there's turning points, but there's a lot more checkpoints. There's a lot more checkpoints that daily you have to assess whether you're getting on that merry-go-round or not. Meditation's a great way, right? Uh, other habits, constructive habits, like working out every mm-hmm. single day, doing mm-hmm. certain things with what you're putting in your body. Yes, those are great to help with you know, some rebound effect when you have the hard days, mm-hmm. but I'm not agnostic to those. Um, you know, Those hard days, they're different than bad days. I, mean, I can have hard days, but not bad days. Yeah. Cause I think that the, that the hardest days, like, yeah, I would love to just always do something that's effortless and satisfactory <laughs> to me, but that doesn't mean it's not going to be hard mm-hmm. just because it's effortless. Doesn't mean that you don't have to Put really work into try. It. Yeah. yeah. And so for me, it's about how am I dealing with the patterns in my life that I, I try to treat the game of life like the game of football. Cause if as a linebacker, if I got too in, in, in close to the line, right, I couldn't mm-hmm. get around them to make the tackle. And so that's the lesson for me in life is, is where am I always trying to attack when I need to, re- need to realize that the, the greatness in me, mm-hmm. you know, is, is, is allowing this to develop, right? So that then you Waiting see clarity, moment. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Feeling it. 
One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And actually, I was thinking about something I wanted to share. I get a lot of questions from you about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there who are often on the go, like I am. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making some extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start, and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Many people host on Airbnb, including some friends of mine who have raved to me about their experience. But there are some people out there who've never imagined their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle, and it's a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you've got yourself an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. Too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The famous Abraham Lincoln quote says, good things come to those who wait. But that's only part of the quote. The full quote is, good things come to those who wait, but only the things left by those who hustle. Well, if you're a business owner or want the best people on your team, the same applies. Thankfully, ZipRecruiter puts the hustle in your hiring so you find qualified candidates fast. And now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com greatness. ZipRecruiter's smart technology finds top talent for your roles right away. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's matching technology starts showing you qualified people for it. I believe finding the right team members is one of the most important steps in setting my companies up for success. And we like to ensure our new hires will be a good fit before they're even on the team. So I am so grateful that I have ZipRecruiter's help as we look to grow our team. Let ZipRecruiter give you the hiring hustle you need. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com greatness to try it for free. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com greatness ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Now, when I was playing college ball, I remember I tore uh, my AC joint and my like my I sprained my ankle in the same play. I remember this <clears throat> on a kickoff. I don't know how it happened, but the same play, like twisted my ankle and tore an AC joint. And then I was so stubborn because I was a freshman. I was the only freshman playing who didn't redshirt. <laughs> and um, I was like, okay, I'm just gonna keep playing, tape it up or whatever. And so I just started hitting with the other shoulder. And then I tore that AC uh, joint, right? And then I was like, okay, but I don't want to sit out my freshman year and this and that. So I kept playing and I just started leaving my head. Yep. Just like every kickoff, every tackle was with the head. And I just remember like ringing so bad. I mean, I probably have minor concussions constantly from just leading with the head all the yeah. time. Did you do that as well? It sounds like yeah. you had some brain trauma, right? Or you had some concussions. Yeah. And um, – yeah. Did you always hit with the head and lead with the head or what? Well, it's funny. There's this – the body will find the, the path of least resistance, right? Like you systematically were going to the next area yeah. that you could. <laughs> to, And it doesn't make sense. A lot of people that either aren't 
have never competed as an elite athlete, they're just like, why wouldn't you just stop? You know, like, hey, pain is a red flag here. (laughs) But, and that's where I, you know, I love working with a lot of the Navy SEALs that we work with because they're 40% rule, right? When you think Mm -hmm. you are at your breaking point, you're only 40% there. And as there's a, 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 a amazing, uh, just sort of instruction in that. But at the same time, you, you cannot be totally tuning pain out always because it's telling you something. Mm-hmm. So you went from this to this to compensate to go to that to that, and it created a chain reaction. Mm-hmm. Like if your car was at, you know, out of alignment, you drove it at 100 miles an hour for as long as you could, eventually something bad would happen. Of course. And so those are the signs. And I think that in football, we, we, we figure out a way to do what works best for us regardless of whether it has a detrimental effect on the body. Right. Uh, and people do this in life. Like, look how many people are right here in Beverly Hills right now doing this. Whatever makes them money, right, they're hitting with just their head because that's all their head is convinced that matters, mm-hmm. even though they have so many other assets that they're not accessing. Right. You know, and in fact, if they access them, it, it may be even more wealth. Maybe not in the terms of money, but it may mm-hmm. be something that is even greater. Mm-hmm. And that's the piece that, that's the vision change. Yeah. So for football, for me, I had... Seven, eight that I lost significant time, either lost consciousness, really? vomited, missed games, missed practice. Seven or eight times? Seven or eight concussions to that effect, traumatic brain injuries. Wow. And then I had another you know, 30, 40 where everything went green, everything would be upside down, so you'd close your eyes and shake real hard again. Shut up, really? You know, linebacker, you're- In the game or practice or what? Uh, both. Wow. It's a cumulative, right? So you're hitting the, the big guys in front of you consistently like a thud and a bat against Ugh. your forehead. And then you have special teams. So now, you know, back when we had the wedge, full speed, right? Man. Now they, didn't, they don't let, let the wedge be in the NFL anymore. But you'd run down full speed 60 yards and dive into guys that are 100 pounds heavier. Than <laughs> Torpedo. You. Yeah. So for me, <laughs> I, I would say this. The cognitive side of what I see happening in my life is uh, I get very obsessive. Mm-hmm. I get very obsessive. And, and I, it's hard to draw the line between where David the competitor is in that and where it's maybe because of certain frontal cortex mm-hmm. impairment. And I'm, you know, I'm going to Brain Center right now here in California just learning about this stuff. Because yeah. I don't want to be 51. Right? I'm 31 now. I don't want to be 51. And then it all of a sudden surprises me. You know, for me, it's about I want to be freed from the having to do, to, to do list everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to access my mind as a tool, right? not get frustrated at uh, it's not operating the way that it should be. Mm. And I think that's the way that we think about the body anyway, you know, as, a, as an athlete. Like, I'll go and smoke myself working out still because I feed off of that point. Like, the Muhammad Ali, sure. once it gets hard, that's when I count my reps. Right, right. Um, but then I'm, cr- I'm cash for three or four days because I, that's not normally what I do anymore. Yeah. And so it's... You're not trained like that anymore. It's not it. And you, you can't always train yourself. You got to widen that vision. And it's get tough, man. Brain. It's tough to, like hold back sometimes you know i'm t- almost 10 years out of playing mm-hmm. and it's still hard to like i still feel like i can play yeah you know what i mean yeah and i still feel like i can train the same way but sometimes i do crossfit or some hard workout and then i'm like i just tweaked my back for like a week and i'm like uh you know it it's so frustrating right you're like uh so you got to humble yourself yeah. or i'm humbled all the time yeah when i work out now well like I'm, you just I'm hold back a little bit i'm significantly humbled because <laughs> a lot of these guys in our gym right like are playing they're playing they're balling or yeah. there's guys with no arms and legs that are doing things that i can't i'm like all right man this is you know man, yeah. but as a trainer you're you're good because you just sort of just do the, teach the example rep yeah yeah and yeah, you can do anything go. for one rep you know <laughs> and, and look good and then ah, okay. by the end of the day you get 60 or 70 because you've shown everyone throughout the work yeah yeah that's crazy man uh now I'm always fascinated by people who have achieved uh, great things in their career because mm-hmm. usually it comes from some dark place. Usually there's somewhere in some part of their mind or spirit or soul where um, they've experienced some hardship and that's what's driven them to be so great or to get to that yeah. level. What were some of the things that you went through yeah. 
do you find that to be true about yourself that you had this drive for some certain reason mm -hmm. or were you just everything was always great and you just had these incredible gifts and you just yeah. made it to the league and everything was awesome yeah or was there something that really made you want to become great yeah absolutely I, I, it's the latter i mean there's there's some mm. things uh, that happened and occurred in my in my journey you know i had two great parents, have two great parents, still married. Mm -hmm. I grew up in Eugene, Oregon. Right. And, um, you know, I, I, football was it for me. You know, the University of Oregon Ducks, like everything was right there. My dad played for the Ducks. Like it was it. I was wow. carving watermelons on game day and going to the games. Wow. And, um, you know, it was great for me to be in that environment. And all of my heroes were, you know, the Captain Americas, the big, you know, the, the Hulk Hogan's mm -hmm. and the, the Arnold's. And, and, and it gave, though, this, this facade of what a man really is. Right. And I think that... It, I, I never had a, a scar from my father as far as I think my father showed me through his actions, what a man should be and what a man is. Um, but because of what I think movies do to us, we, we like put it this way, how many uh, middle-aged white uh, boys were at home when eight mile came out and like Eminem was, <laughs> yeah, it, right? it was they, they, suddenly someone understood them, right? Where it's like, dude, you're not, you don't grow up in Detroit and you know, yeah, yeah. but like what it was in movies like <laughs> the program, Yes. Uh, what it was, and right? Yes. Like that was right. almost how we, this bigger, faster, stronger mentality. Mm -hmm. And so even though my dad wasn't jamming football down my throat, I felt like I was always looking for his approval. Mm -hmm. And I think in my mom, I think my mom and I are very personality driven, very similar, very good in communicating and very empathetic. And my dad was hard. It was tough for him to, to kind of export those feelings, those emotions. And so I think I, my mom affirmed me, but I think at some level it kind of emasculated me. Um, and then it, and through my dad, I think that he's, I've always sort of been different from him. I'm always a risk taker. He's always very safe. Mm. And so like, I can tell him dad, I'll try to be smart, but I can't be safe. Like it's just not in me. And I think he's envious of that a little bit. And I'm envious of a little bit of his even keel, mm -hmm. but you know, something that, that happened to me as I, when I was a mm. kid was a sexual abuse. I was, I was sexually abused when I was uh, 10 years old yeah. um, from a, from a neighbor. And it was an older, it was an older boy. Mm. And it was something that, uh, until I got out of really detox and rehab in 2012, after the pain pill stuff, that, that was the first time I had voiced it. To really? Him. Wow. And so now in working and working through it and understanding and learning about some of the ways that that skewed, you know, my view of, of, of sex, my view of, of, of just, uh, what it is as a young boy to be kind of robbed of that, mm -hmm that joy or that innocence, you know, and being, yeah. you know, the, the, the personality that is inviting always. Of course. And so I think that there was the first time I felt like I learned behaviorally that I could put on a mask that I could have some type of like, I could just stuff that down far enough and no one ever have to know. train like a machine. That's it. Yeah. And X and Y means, and so I was, you know, homecoming King and prom King and Mr. Lancer, the, the, you know, Mr. Whatever the school is, right, right, right. whatever that is. Like yeah. I, I got all of those things, but at the same time, that golden boy image was here and, and I was trying to push back against it on the, uh, on the other side. Mm. And I was trying to like push it with not so much drugs at that early age, but partying definitely. Yeah. And definitely just tried to learn how I could best game life. And that's exhausting. Like that is the quickest way to be torn in two directions and split in half and, and literally not know who you are. Mm -hmm. And so in retrospect now, a lot of the building blocks out of that pain are because of the beauty in what the story is and how many others have faced something similar. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
you know, it took me 25 years to open up about being sexually abused, and I just felt so shameful and guilty about it the whole time. Yeah. And I never felt like I could talk to anyone about it, or that they would understand, or that they would accept me moving forward. Did you tell anyone at all, or friends or family, until a few years ago? Or so in 2012, I told my parents, mm. and uh, you know, again, there's not they they can't say the right thing. No, if that makes sense. It's, I, it's not a fun conversation. No, uh, <laughs> it's and, not fun. And, and they blame themselves, right? At some yeah. level, and at the same time, then you find like. Should you be mad at them as if they're responsible? But mm. but they're not. They're not. And it and so there's this. It's the it's the living in the gray. Truly, mm. a great friend of mine said, you know, if you look at black under a microscope and white under a microscope, they both look gray. <laughs> like where is that place? And it's, so it's it's forgiveness, right? Mm. To 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 uh, to an extent that doesn't make sense. Um, and then being able to communicate it now with others, it's it's been amazing piece in. Used in small amounts. I know I'm not projecting necessarily, mm-hmm. but when I am willing to tell it with authenticity, it reaches someone at the perfect timing. Mm-hmm. So how selfish of me to not right. be willing to show their scars. Like people ask all the time in the last three, four years, everything that I've accomplished, what has been the most significant thing I've learned? Because you can accomplish a lot and not necessarily be learning. Right. And I said that I don't trust an unbroken person. I believe those that are willing to show the scar they're proof that they're willing to move beyond it. Like if you tell me you have it all put together, I'm, I'm going to walk as far away from you as possible. You know, the scar, but when we see your wrist, right? Mm-hmm. That, that has a story, right? Yeah, yeah. Specific story that leads into your sister's couch. Mm-hmm. And again, I can show you a bunch of different scars. Like in fourth grade, when I was trying yeah. to impress this girl in a high, <laughs> through my hands back, like a little girl and it cut it and the whole pool had to be cleared out. <laughs> oh, right. Man. So, but the body scars, these things down. That's a natural physiological process mm-hmm. to protect it. But if you just walk away from it forever and you never use it again, it'll actually scar into a position that it wasn't supposed to. Just like rolling an ankle, not getting it treated, then your knee hurts, then your hip hurts. It's the same chain reaction you mentioned earlier with your decision making. So the scar itself is absolutely the pain. It's fueled me. My problem now post-football is not becoming an addict to my pain because like pain can fuel you. And it can feel really good. It can drive you to a place that no other thing in your life can give you energy like it, right? Mm-hmm. But you become a slave to it. Yes. And you're the shark in the water that if you stop swimming, you're going to get eaten. And that internal unrest, that angst, that's something I live with every day. Mm-hmm. I'm still learning uh, how to, to deal with this person that wants to punch everything in the throat, but <laughs> no longer can on the football field. Right. You know? It's challenging, man. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's this impulsivity around what it is and putting really kind of, I guess, temporal feelings or excuse me, permanent feelings to a temporal situation. And that's part of the understanding of being able to pause. What, for example. Well, for example, it's it's um, it's as simple for some of our guys with post-traumatic stress as someone cut them off on the freeway. Like they will get into the gym after driving in traffic and doing all this, be so pissed off and triggered that they're like, I'm out of here. I'm like, but you drove to the gym to work out, right? Mm-hmm. So we can put those permanent feelings on this temporary situ- situation or, you know, or we can find the solution to why you actually came here. And I find myself, call it molehills in the mountains, whatever it is, I find myself becoming like intoxicated by what fuels me in some of that angst. Mm. And so I have to be really mindful that I don't pick it up uh, and then accountable uh, to people that know my story so that they, when they see that Dave, that kind of starts to do this and spin a little bit that they are able to help. What's your biggest trigger? What upsets you or makes you angry? 
it's it's more around the need, the the standard of excellence. Uh, one of the amazing uh, neuropsychs that I'm working with down at this brain center yesterday, mm-hmm. yesterday before I drove up here to LA, uh, we sit down for our meeting, and the very first thing he does, he just crumples a piece of paper and starts talking to me. Now I've been in plenty of interviews, and you know I knew I, I know what he's doing. Typically, I, I think he's testing my my perfectionism, right? Mm-hmm. Like my OCD, my need to be like, why did you, you know, let's do this. <laughs> or hey, this goes over here with the other crumpled papers. Yeah, yeah. So those are things are the the things that I think do make me great. Like they're the things that drove Mister Relevant to become a starter in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know, they're the things that I think have allowed for the immense amount of growth in such a short amount of time, both foundationally and with my own personal brand. But if I'm not careful, the same sun that melts the ice hardens the clay. And that's where I find myself like going you know, to the extremes. And so where is it that I live in the, in the moderation, right? So him crumpling that paper, uh, he wanted to see how long it would take until I brought it up. And then finally, I couldn't concentrate on what he was saying. And wow. I'm like, hey, man, like, what are we doing about this paper? Really? Well, I kind of wanted to push the envelope either. Because anyway, sure, sure. I knew it was coming. <laughs> right, right. And uh, so what we started to unpack, though, was just the same thing. Like, hey, bro, I, he's a big professor. He says, I only uh, hire interns that have had more than one B. I'm like, okay. He's like, yeah, they're all you know, high, high levels, but the Bs are the ones that have had to learn that life isn't just A's. Mm. And I think that's the you know, living into that grave, man, when the standard is excellent and, or an elite and it's not met, where's the lesson in that? Not just looking at it as it wasn't enough to get me to the next, to the next goal. Right. right. So, yeah, man, it's just, it's, uh, I don't know, do you find yourself... Uh, Finding little idiosyncrasies that become these patterns, or do you, are you yeah. pretty quick at blotting them out? What no, are some tri- my triggers are in sports. When I well, not in sports, sports or in business. When I feel taken advantage of, sure. When I feel like you know, I'm I'm horrible in the basketball court. Sometimes when <laughs> I when I'm not focused and aware, I allow people that you know, are just not even good players to like get under my skin. <laughs> And by the things they say to me or how they're like fouling me, if I think it's like yeah. not fair or yeah. if I think it's like, yeah. you know, attacking me in a certain way, then I for, sometimes I really allow it to affect me. And I hate that I allow it to affect me. Sometimes. Do you think it's transference a little bit? Transference? I, uh, and I don't mean, because again, there's always this, what you see in people that bothers you is what you don't like about oh, yourself. Oh, sure. It's yeah, like, I'm sure. Because I'm the yeah. same way. Like of if I feel, because of the basketball court, right? Yeah. I was the guy who left football as a superstar and then was like the honorable mention in basketball, the like football <laughs> yeah. rebounder, yeah, yeah, of course. good defense guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hustle guy. Hustle guy. Yeah. Always took charges. Yeah, team guy, coach guy. <laughs> but that was something that in basketball, yeah. I would get frustrated uh-huh. because I wasn't the David on the football field, uh-huh. right? Yeah. And even though I like physically, because we don't play basketball a lot, right. we feel like we can. They're like, man, this guy's a scrub and he's showing me up. And that, mm. that pride comes out more as ego than yeah, pride as far as like healthy pride. Yeah. I mean, it's probably some of that, but I think it's just more like if I feel like someone's abusing me because I felt abused a lot growing up yeah. that it can be like triggered again mm. or I felt like I was being abused. I took that as my story, yeah. right? So I'm aware of it like after it happens, but sometimes I just allow my, my mind just goes into like crazy mode. Sure. And it's like I can't control it unless I like ground myself before I go on the court. I'm like, okay, Lewis, you're <laughs> not going to push anyone. You're not going to like fight back. Yeah. You're just going to like drop your ego. Yeah. And if someone steps to you, you're just going to say, I hope you have a good day. You know? <laughs> but it's like, it's the competitor in me just yeah. like wants to dominate sometimes. Dude, yeah. It, it, it's hard to turn it off. I think that the, the exercise that in which you can find what it means to be competitive, even if it's not exported every single day, mm-hmm. like that's been something for me that it's been, 
how do I do certain, uh, you know, mind exercise, mindfulness. Uh, and it's almost like that's the prison that I'm confined in. Mm-hmm. And then through that, I walk out and all of a sudden the world is, it's, 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 I, I am a different human being because I did that internal strengthening. I don't know how else to, you know, to, to, to put it except for to know that like I do, I had to for an hour last week, just sit in silence in this room with a mirror and decide whether or not you wanted to stare back at yourself for an mm-hmm. hour. This is one of my exercises of this. I'm like, have I sat in silence for an hour in the last, I mean, I have kids too. So good luck. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Good luck. But it, it was incredible because once I accepted the fact that I was not going to leave this room, no one was going to join. And it was just mm-hmm. me in this mirror. Then all of a sudden I started to think about why I hated it so much and then instead, try instead of trying to let that be the part that like festered in me, I tried to just grab that and squeeze it as tight as possible. Mm. Like almost, almost make it another person in the room that 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 the angst that I was actually going to overcome was what I wanted as near as possible. Mm. So I eventually stood, and then I sat, and then I ended up sitting there, and I just closed my eyes, even though the mirror was in front of me, and I could almost see the person looking back at me. And after an hour, it felt like it felt like maybe 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I came out and I had this even cool calm and I don't even know what tactically happened in there except for my parasympathetic nervous system turned on. Right. Um, and, and some things kind of went by the wayside mm. and I walked out with a stronger mind, even though physically I wanted to, you know, I wanted to, when I went in there, I wanted to punch something. Yeah. When I left there, totally different. Mm. So we are capable, Absolutely. even if we want to say, Hey, I'm not good at math. Or, hey, I'm not going to mm. – you can be disciplined and apply yourself, right? I mean, that's, sure. that's it, right? You yeah. can be great by digging into people right. that are right around you doing great things. Absolutely. You got to be curious, though. Absolutely. Range Rover Sport leads by example. Picture this. Assertive on-road performance meets commanding all-terrain capability. That's the third-generation Range Rover Sport, which is the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable one yet. This vehicle redefines sporting luxury, offering an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and effortless composure. Now available in sleek, new stealth pack, Carpathian gray exterior wrapped in satin protective film with black accents and black brake calipers. Inside the Range Rover Sport, advanced cabin technologies like active noise cancellation and cabin air purification offer new levels of comfort and refinement. And let's not forget about the award-winning Pivi Pro infotainment system. Enjoy a dynamic drive and total comfort with optional 22-way adjustable heated and ventilated electric memory front seats with massage function. Wow, that's like a spa day while on the go. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And actually, I was thinking about something I wanted to share. I get a lot of questions from you about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there who are often on the go, like I am. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making some extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start, and it's like 
giving your home some company while you're away. Many people host on Airbnb, including some friends of mine who have raved to me about their experience. But there are some people out there who've never imagined their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle, and it's a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you've got yourself an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, I'm curious if you were to go give a speech to all the rookies of the NFL mm-hmm. and you had one minute, Yep. what would you say to them knowing everything you know from playing and everything after yeah. the league? I had a cool opportunity about a month ago to speak at Ross Business School in Michigan uh, uh-huh. to the uh, NFL player engagement kind of side. So uh-huh. some current players, cool. some retired. Uh, but I am going to be going out to a couple of teams and speaking this year. And the I, I'd say the three things that I will say is the first, don't be a sponge. I mean, you are going to be bombarded with every, you know, not just winning deal business-wise, you know, financially-wise, but everything that's going to sound enticing, don't be a sponge. Uh, Balance what it is in here with what it is in here. Um, Because if you're just sponging whatever the next flashy thing is, um, not only will you not have any flashy things left when it all Mm -hmm. comes down to it, but you're going to find yourself with tons that you've consumed, tons that you've, uh, you know, enjoyed, but nothing that actually is is a core of who you are. Right. Like when I was in the league, they kept saying, um, they kept saying, you know, you're, you're developing your brand. But I was like, Hey, I'm just trying to last in the NFL. I don't yeah. know about this time yeah. developing my brand thing. Yeah. So I just try to get guys to, to first say, don't be a sponge, which is to essentially say, just take a stand knowing that, Hey, this is who I am. This is what I will and won't do. Mm-hmm. Okay. So don't be a sponge. The next is, uh, think about a time when you were a young kid and someone just took time for you and what that meant. Right? Like if that was on the football field, great. Maybe it was in the weight room. Maybe it was in the classroom. But how often are you doing that? Which is the hope dealing part. How are you using what your gifts and, and talents are? I don't just mean money to write a check to charity. Like how are you actually using bandwidth or sweat equity to better someone else's life? And then lastly, uh, it's never as good as it seems and it never is, is as bad as it seems. Don't be a sponge. Know what you stand for. Be a hope dealer. Find a way to give back that's in a personal way, not just in starting a foundation, and that's a way that you get a tax write-off. You know, I, mean, I want you right. to be boots on the ground. And then that last piece is, is more about the identity. I think that it's not as good as it seems. It's not as bad as it seems. When you feel like no one cares, mm-hmm. there's still somebody out there that cares. Sure. If not, we do. Yeah, <laughs> uh, exactly. And then if, it's, if it seems like it's so good, man, Right, and everything's perfect. Um, just take that with a little bit of a, an ounce of perspective, because um, you know you, you can obviously be be quickly knocked off that high horse. Yeah. And and that's the piece of the identity. Uh, no matter what, man, you're. I believe. I believe that your worth is fixed, like a nail in mortar. Right. No matter what you achieve, you can't move it up. Mm. No matter how badly you failed, you can't move it down. So. Don't buy into the shame of thinking that you're less than, that you're fractured, that you're somehow a, a guy with an unloaded weapon in a fight, right? But think about what it is also that no matter how good you do and the whole world loves you and all the money you make, and mm. you're, you're right there. And so that's a tough concept for all of us to grasp, but I think it helps us to be free from the, the need to, to achieve to be successful and mm. to, to, to matter. To feel worthy also. Yeah, to yeah. matter, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love that. It's great, man. You've got a new podcast coming out soon, right? What's it called and what's the purpose? Yeah, so the book that I have coming out in 2018 is The Hope Dealer. The Hope Dealer is exactly what I just said. 
you know, it's, it's repurposing your gifts and impact your pain to help lighten the suffering of someone else. Mm. So, uh, you know, the hope dealer movement, right? Like it's cool. We have a whole line hope dealer, uh, just, you know, don't deal hope, deal, or don't, don't deal don't dope, dope. <laughs> deal hope, right? <laughs> yeah, like yeah. what that, that book is cool. And, and the yeah. podcast that, that comes out this fall, the hope dealer, I call it the non podcast podcast. Yeah. Um, I love podcasts. I love your podcast. I love a lot That's of these, right. these really cool influencers and, and entrepreneurs, but I feel like you get a ton of head knowledge you're consuming. You listen, you're hopefully inspired for the moment, the day, the week, mm-hmm. maybe a year. Again, there's a small percentage, just like any book that are going to take it and apply. Right. And of course, those are the ones that you pour everything in so that they can get every last bit of content. Right. You give them your best. But at the podcast level, these influencers, I feel like they a lot of what you're doing here, like you can go and you can buy. Mm-hmm. I can find this stuff of, on Lewis. Mm-hmm. What I want to do and what I'm beginning to backfill content is Howard Schultz and I go to Seattle. I fly to the influencer to do the podcast. Mm-hmm. The podcast is action oriented. So it's on the move. It'll be video and audio, mm. um, but you won't have to be watching the video. Uh, it's not about high production value. It's about authenticity. So Howard and I will go into a cancer wing of a hospital and you're going to, for the first 30 minutes, you're going to get to listen and hear Howard Schultz interact with this kid who has terminal cancer. And I'll facilitate, but it's less about us talking about Starbucks or mm-hmm. philanthropy or you know the, the, the greatest next thing in America. And it's more about you getting to know Howard Schultz on a level because you're in the room with us. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get 30 minutes of listening and, and, and hearing what it is in all that, that context. And then we'll break out and the nearest close diner called a Starbucks probably a <laughs> uh, little spot that we're going to carve out is just 20 minutes to talk about what we experienced mm, together. That's cool. And that's when a little bit more of the higher level of philosophy could come out. But I think that the core is about, I don't know, me as the audience, I would want to hear this really, really transparent truth and interaction and then hear about what it was. Cause I was with you in what you drew out of that. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a cool way to be, to be impacted and to feel like you're, you're a part of the story as well. Yeah. So cool. I'm excited about the podcast. There's some really, there's a very diverse group of, of influencers and entertainers and people I find interesting. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, it's just a great way to learn through this conversational style, sure, not sure. just by what you're digging up or what you're applying yeah, in your own yeah. business. That's cool. When's it coming out? It's fall? coming out in the fall. Yeah. It'll be out in September. Okay. That, I'll, I'll get your launch. We'll, we'll ping you on awesome. social media for awesome. that for sure. Um, and the book's coming out next year. Yep. Book will be after, yep, January. It'll be, it'll be in the spring of 2018. Okay, cool. Yep. And uh, where can people go to connect with you? Man, they can check, connect me on uh, Facebook, Instagram, David Vibora, just my name, mm-hmm. Twitter, same. Uh, follow Adaptive Training Foundation uh, on all those social channels, mm-hmm. teamatf.org. I promise you can go there and get a daily dose of amazing motivation as you nice. watch what these videos are and the, the things that these athletes are doing in the gym. Uh, or go to DaveVibor.com. Okay. Uh, com is another place. But it's just, I'm enjoying seeing what, again, like this foundation is, is a great thing. But as we grow this thing, train trainers nationally, chapter plant nationally, create mm-hmm. affiliate chapters, like this isn't the end all be all for me. Right. You know, my goal is to take the book, the podcast, some other independent uh, digital content and, and craft this hope dealer message in a way that offers other opportunities for me to take, you know, business I want to do, commerce I want to do, and align it for cause relation. Yeah. I mean, not just because it's good PR, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but because like there's a way to create a legacy and uh, to use money in a way that is more meaningful than just productizing what the piece of business it is that you do, yeah. but thinking about you know, what it could be for 
uh, for a systemic change to come from what also makes you money. Sure, sure. It's a novel approach, right? That's cool, man. Yeah. That's great. It's great. A um, couple final questions for you. Mm -hmm. I kind of asked you this already, so if it's the same thing, we'll, we'll, we'll skip it. This is called the three truths. And you shared kind of three things you would share with uh, the new rookies coming into the NFL. But if you had, uh, if this was your final day and you only could share three things with the world, mm -hmm. everyone, um, this is what people would remember you by. Mm -hmm. Would those three things be different? Or would you say something, or would you say the exact same to the rookies as you would to the world? Mm. No, I think the world, to me, is <laughs> very broad. Mm. The world. It's this, this globe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I'd say this. Advance toward fear. Advance toward freedom. And then advance toward fulfillment. Fear is that false narrative, mm. right? It's the, uh, the whisper, fear of inadequacy. Um, when you decide that fear is, in fact, perception, the danger is real, but you, know, you can lean in, advance toward, jump toward, run toward that which scares you most, mm. then all of a sudden you're going to advance toward the freedom, the outcome of facing those things, right? Which we know is never as significant as what our brain creates. Um, and then through that, you're going to have a different lens in which you view life. And I call that fulfillment because you're going to be able to recognize that you are powerful, that you have what it is inside of you to go forth as a different person. Mm -hmm. You don't go back, right? One, two, and three in that step, fear, freedom, fulfillment. That's a cumulative. Mm -hmm. You can't just get to three before you do one and two. So I think that message is what I try to do daily. Um, I don't do it well always, no. but you know, the one thing, what, what is the one thing today that can create the st the three standard deviation events changes in my life that, that are building toward the future self that I want to be. Mm -hmm. That's it. I love it, man. Yeah. I love it. Uh, I want to acknowledge you for a moment, David, for your incredible ability to move other people who don't have the opportunities mm -hmm. like you did. And for you to go after something, you know, training elite athletes and then saying, hey, listen, there's actually a lot of people who need support more than the elite athletes. Mm -hmm. They're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. But there's a community of people that really could use someone like me to guide them and get yeah. them back to a peak place in their life. So I think it's really moving and touching that you are willing to do whatever it takes to serve people in that manner and and constantly give and be a voice for people who maybe maybe don't share their voice as much as they should. Well, so thanks, brother. It means a lot. And also for your ability to transition gracefully after the game. I know there was a couple of years of, you know, mm -hmm. pain med and stress mm -hmm. and adversity, but now really accelerating it for good. Yeah. Where most guys, uh, it's cha more challenging for them. Sure. So I want to acknowledge you for all that, man. Thanks, brother. Yeah. No, it's been an honor to be here, man. I – I continually find myself, you know, after being on Ellen, mm -hmm. for example, I don't think it actually set in until a couple of days later when I was <laughs> yeah. like, man, like I, I've watched this show Ellen, right? right and right, always right. thought how cool it would be, right? Uh -huh. Dreamed of being, yeah. and I just did that. It's crazy. And, you know, and I think for us, we're mm -hmm. quick to good player, bad play football, throw the rearview mirror away. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I appreciate those words, man. Thank you. Yeah, I need course. to accept, you know, affirmation, encouragement, compliment in a way that is meaningful because I, I do care about what I'm doing. It yeah. is, it is very, it feels good to accept that because I think 
um, you know, you see that the effort you're putting in does have this true ripple effect. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's, that's a, that's a huge benefit. And Ellen was a a cool step in that. And here's the thing. If you were just training elite college or players or NFL players, like you wouldn't be making an impact in the world the way you are, but by stepping out and doing something that maybe is uncomfortable, but also is super fulfilling for you and giving back in a big way, the more we give back in the world, the more we receive, I believe. And that's why you're getting recognition and attention because you're serving in a bigger cause than just for your profit with the elite, you know, guys or whatever, because that's, that's comfortable for you. You can do that all day. You can train with them. You can be with them. You can like talk about the game. Yeah. But you're doing something that's uncomfortable. Maybe it's comfortable now, yep. but it was uncomfortable to start. Yeah, and uh, that's why because you're giving back, you're receiving. So when you, uh, yeah, when you find what it is, it's a source of your dash, right? You're born in this world with nothing. You die with nothing. On your gravestone, there's a dash. Like the best conclusion I can draw is you're supposed to give up as much of yourself during that dash. And when you find what it is that that you thrive at doing, it mm-hmm. gives you excitement. It doesn't feel like work. Watch out. Yeah, and that was you know that was the Beautiful breakthrough in recognizing what it was in Travis, that quadruple amputee, what I challenged him to do. And now it's spun into other awesome, cool business stuff that's coming across Mm -hmm. my desk that I can either endorse or step into the story and become a a part of the group, a part of the team. And that's exciting, right? Because you diversify who you are based around, I call it the Laird Hamilton model, right? Mm, I'm either going to make this cost me nothing because I was paying for it or I'm going to make it pay me money or both, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's a beautiful piece when that's the lifestyle. So I'm going to work out. I'm going to go brag about the people working out with me because they're awesome. And I think people need to know their story and I'm going to be humbled to, uh, to always learn from people who are smarter than me and know that when you're the dumbest in the room, you can become the wisest because you can listen. Absolutely. That's it. I love that, man. Uh, final question for you is what's your definition of greatness? My definition of greatness is alignment. I think it's, it's, it's what you're doing with action. You know, we're human beings, right? I'm learning a little bit more of this, this pull, not push this Uh allow to be, but I think alignment is the perfect way to think about, I guess to think about as, as shooting a bow, right? If that arrow is not specifically in line with what you're doing, right? Like that thing could go anywhere and it could be a great distance, but it may not be great alignment mm-hmm. and greatness. Right. And so that's where I, you know, that's where I am right now is, is I can do the big boom, flash. That's a really cool firework, but do <laughs> I want to be that or do I want to be the light that burns throughout and the sustainability of that becomes a great light on the hill. Mm. And that alignment for me is, is where I think my greatness lies. It's, it's by not letting my great attributes become the ones that wreck me because I'm so all in on those principles. Yeah, yeah. have to find that. I don't like the word balance necessarily, but mm-hmm. I like alignment. Mm. David, thanks so much, man. Appreciate it. There you have it, guys. If you enjoyed this one, make sure to share it with your friends. LewisHouse.com slash 491. Tag me on social media at Lewis Howes everywhere that you can think of. I'm pretty much everywhere online right now. And all the show notes, the links, the resources, the videos that we talked about are back on that show note link. LewisHouse.com slash 491. And if you have any thoughts, suggestions, or questions ever, make sure to tweet me at Lewis Howes with your ideas there. And I'll try to get back to you as soon as I can. This has been a great episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this one as much as I enjoyed connecting with David. And as always... You know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great.
How frustrating is it when you move into a new home and you're excited to settle in and furnish it, but then you're waiting weeks on end, sometimes even a whole month, for your new furniture to finally ship to you? Have you met All Modern? All Modern brings you the best of modern furniture and they deliver it for free in days, not weeks. Yep, that's right. They deliver it in days. Waiting weeks for your order to arrive isn't ideal, especially when you've just moved. Get your sofa ASAP from All Modern and sit comfortably while building out the rest of your space. That's Modern Made Simple. At All Modern, you'll find only the best of modern styles, from Scandi to mid-century and minimalist to maximalists. Every piece is hand-vetted for quality and designed for real life. Shop the best of modern outdoor furniture, timeless decor, and everything in between. Find timeless designs in every style that fold function and fun all in one. From small decor swaps to full room revamps, All Modern has you covered. Shop online at All modern.com or visit them in store in Linfield or Dedham, Massachusetts, or in Austin, Texas. National Outlet Shopping Day is back. Join us June 8th and 9th at Simon Premium Outlets nationwide. Score thousands of can't-miss deals from brands you love all weekend long. They've got up to 65% off every day, and the National Outlet Shopping Day deals are even better. Visit premiumoutlets.com slash NOSD to find a premium outlet near you. That's premiumoutlets.com slash NOSD. Imagine earning a degree that prepares you with real skills for the real world. Capella University's programs teach skills relevant to your career so you can apply what you learn right away. Learn how Capella can make a difference in your life at capella.edu. Welcome to Nada Yada Island. This season on Nada Yada Island. When we were new, they spoiled me. They even gave me a phone. But then, it's like I didn't exist. Don't take yada yada from your wireless carrier. Now with Metro, get that new customer feeling again and again. Introducing Metro Flex. Free 5G phones when you join, same deals as new customers when you stay. Only at Metro by T-Mobile. Just bring your number and ID and sign up for an eligible plan. After 12 months, trade in and get our best deals on select devices. 